Uh, hi, folks. I think we don't have any really warnings this week. I mean, other than the usual, there's a pandemic on. That happens. And uh, there's some medical stuff early on in the show. <laughs> You're going to love that. Oh, Lord. Yes. The other thing to remember is that we have animals. Uh, Tiny Orange is asleep or trying to sleep on my laptop. Uh, the kittens are in the other room being kittens. I think they just filled their bellies after a big romp, so they're probably going to sleep. And Hound is, has a paw on me and a very earnest expression. Sergey is lounged on the desk behind me. So, you know, we have a full house. Indeed. Uh, the final bit is we swear a lot. Oh, yeah. And so we have to mark things as explicit because we swear a lot. I mean, that's the whole reason for it. That's That's just it. Uh, so welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 160. Uh, we are one episode away from a summer break. Uh, we're going to have a pandemic cooking with Dino two-parter uh, after the letters show. And so that uh, and that'll just be like a brief introduction and a badge code for the two of them because it's the summertime special. I kind of like the idea of maybe doing summertime specials when we do this instead of just two weeks off of nothing. You're the one who has to set them up. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll have that, and I got a whole bunch of good stuff coming up because I've got some. I've got something like five interviews scheduled in the next three weeks. Oh, awesome! I'm really excited about uh, several of them. Um, so we'll uh, we're we're going to get excited about that. Also, I have a follow up with Frank Goser, cool. whose sister was on a couple weeks ago and so uh it was great to catch up with frank and find out how a working artist is adjusting to not having shows to go to oh yeah yeah it's no it's uh, been a huge problem for a lot of the artists i know yeah it's it's a fascinating discussion and i i cannot wait to share it with everybody uh so we had a week we did and what surprised me about it is i still managed to Put all the finishing touches on the one big long project I've been working for for work in and around the clusterfuck. Yes, and clusterfuck. Uh, to to sum up, uh, we were we had captured the adult cat that uh, we were going to try to you know take in, get all the shots and everything, and the space. So Kevin went to put her in the carrier and. Uh, she disagreed. Uh, basically, you know that scene in The Exorcist with the wall <laughs> crawling? Um, imagine that. Yeah. And she also mauled Kevin through the leather gloves. Through the gloves. Like, like yeah. there are puncture holes in these gloves. You cannot use them for waterproof gardening anymore. Right. And uh, this was, in fact, the worst Kevin has ever been injured in cat rescue. These were... Deep puncture wounds yeah. and cat mouths, as you may or may not know, are desperately filthy. The um, horrible. The about the only thing worse you could get bitten by is a human. And yeah. well, I mean, okay, a komodo dragon obviously is going to be worse, but yeah. uh, the mammal. Uh, yeah, in in mammal <laughs> terms, I mean, rats are probably also not great, but uh, uh, cats have extremely filthy mouths as these things go. And oh man, so there was no question of the Kevin tries to tough it out, like puncture wound nope. with cat bite new. So, but because we live in a global pandemic, 
first you got on a telemedicine call. Okay, so there are, there are a couple things we have to worry about. Uh, the first and foremost uh, is, of course, yes, the infection from the deep puncture wounds from a cat, from a feral cat. That is a big problem. Uh, the second big problem is we live in a very rabies-heavy area. Yes, we are a rabies hotspot. Now, the good news is, or the... This is going to require some figuring out news. Good news is that before we went to Tibet, we both got vaccinated against rabies. Right. So it became the question of, all right, is this something I need to be concerned about? And, you know, where did, did I miss a thing? What what kind of shots should I take just booster, in case? Did, you know. Right. And, yeah. So... I, I got a telemedicine appointment with my doctor. I was like, yeah, let's just get you on the on the big the big antibiotics. That's like I'm like, yeah, that's a no brainer. Oh, uh, and for the record, it, 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 so that the internet doesn't worry. How is your hand? Uh, actually, it is healing quite nicely, and I'll, I'll go on about that yeah. in a minute. Um, and then I was like, so since we live in a rabies hotspot, in a rabies hotspot, um, Chatham County has a problem in and among like the raccoons and the feral cat population yes the cats have come turned up with rabies here before yeah. so we had no reason to suspect this for the record no but, but yeah still. i have to i have to err on the side of caution right because right. that's one of those where the margin of error is point zero 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 one, but that's such a bad uh, right yeah so it's like mode. the the failure mode on that is i'm dead Horribly. Horribly. Yeah. yeah. And and we don't want that. So I'm talking to my doctor, and my doctor's like, I I don't know. This isn't something she, I guess she deals with on the regular. So we say, okay, let's call, or she says, let's call the CDC. So I'm on a telemedicine appointment, and my doctor's calling the CDC on speakerphone. And there's a, a press this number for... COVID questions, press this other number for all not COVID questions. So we press the number and it goes to CDC COVID helpline. Like we, we didn't press that number and they're like, oh, let me transfer you. And we to get the one guy at the CDC who is not working on COVID right now. He's probably to thrilled to talk to, to talk to take a call. And so he's like, well, you have to go through your. Uh, I mean, we have these guidelines, but you have to go through your county because there's reporting, there's this and that and the other, and um, I, I don't know. So we call the county with the CDC on the line. Because he's invested at this point. Yeah, he wants to know how this is going to turn out and, and what the thing is. Eventually, and obviously no one is calling about anything but COVID. Right. So after talking, so we get the county on the line. We get animal control set up to pick up the animal, pick up the cat from our vet. I'm advised to go to the hospital. The county health department is calling ahead to the hospital. So they already know that, hey, somebody needs a rabies booster because it is tr – I only need the booster. I don't need the thing, the whole the whole series again. And incidentally, if the last time you thought about rabies vaccines was in the dark old days, it is no longer a zillion needles in your stomach. Oh, thank it's God. It's a shot in one arm 
and then you go back like uh, a week later or two weeks later and get another shot in the arm. Actually, it's uh, three shots for the initial vaccine vaccination. Did we get three? You got we got three. I have the paperwork. Oh no, I believe you. That I was that my... was the helpful thing because my my doctor was like, "So when did you get the vaccine?" And I'm holding up the little yellow book from the travel from the travel place. Um, by the way, if if you're getting uh, whenever you get vaccines now. Uh, I just recommend go ahead and get the yellow booklet from I, – I don't know where you get it other than like we got ours at the travel doctor, yeah. right? This is so handy to have on hand. It's like when did I get my last tetanus shot flip? Oh, there it is. I don't have to call my doctor because I just have my doctor fill the thing out. I don't have to – you know. so I'm like, oh, yes, here is my – here's when I had rabies. Here's when I had tetanus. Here's when I – you know, all that stuff. It's great. Um, so my mother finally found mine from my childhood <laughs> after having lost it. And when I had to go to college, I had to get the entire measles, oh. mumps, rubella sequence that they give to infants again before I was allowed to attend the college because there was no record of it. I, now, it turns out in Incidentally, hindsight... that hurts like a bitch. I see why little children scream. Yeah, uh, but in hindsight, that might not be a bad thing. Because they're finding now that people in our age category who had their MMR before a certain time period have lost immunity. Oh, so, you know, I mean, yeah. It's yeah, so, so... Go past me. I right? actually need to get titers done to see if I need to go back and get my MMR. And in fact, the the uh, recommended thing is that a rabies vaccine is good for two month, uh, two years, and then check your titer. Right. Titering, however, is frequently more expensive than the goddamn boosters. Right. And uh, so, anyway, after I go in, and of course, being me, I'm bonding with the nurse over. Um, he's like, "When did you have the rabies vaccine?" And I roll off the exact date, and he's like, "Could you be more specific?" I'm like, "I can check my calendar to see when that appointment was specifically time of day." He said, "No, no, I'm kidding." <laughs> um, you know, so started on the big antibiotic. I uh, got the first shot. That was Wednesday. We're not even done with like the rest of the week yet that was wednesday it was quite a day like yeah. we we had sort of vaguely had plans to i think lay around and uh watch tv and instead i'm driving kevin to the hospital we're making phone calls i'm trying to get a hold of the vet you know yeah. kevin's trying to get a hold of uh the county again yeah so um thursday and this is why I say, since we last talked, it is a miracle that I managed to finish out this one project. Oh, yeah. Um, Thursday, I have to talk to the vet, because they haven't heard from the county, so I have to talk to the county. Um, you play phone tag with the county. Play phone tag with the county, finally get a hold of animal control. Now, I discovered something important, uh, and that is that in North Carolina, by law, any animal remanded for this sort of biting has to – is mandatorily quarantined for 10 days, period, exclamation point. So now we're waiting to hear on that observation point. If anything happens to this cat, this cat will have to go for rabies tests. And and honestly, that was much better than we were thinking at the time because we were pretty sure they were just going to rabies test the cat, which if you are unaware, the only way to observe rabies is to dissect the brain. Yeah, so this would have been a death sentence. Yeah. Uh, so there's, I mean, and we've been observing the kittens and so we all, 
at this point, I am not overly worried about actually having the cat be rabies talking to animal control. They're like, no, this cat was, is not, is not an indoor cat is not a confinement cat. Apparently she's still angry, but angry in a perfectly normal cat way at the animal shelter. Um, because when I, I had to go back Saturday for the second shot. Cause it's the booster is one on day zero. This is a preventive yeah. one on day zero. And then the second three days later, if he had not had the, uh, the rabies booster or if this was not a booster. Um, and if he had a almost guaranteed exposure, like bat or obviously frothing animal, there is a third shot. They will give you at the site of the attack. Basically they will inject it into your bite. And it is an immunoglobin thing that is like the, we will knock this shit out where it lives, but we have to get it to you that day. Yep. And anyway, I just want to point out, this was a huge and enormous clusterfuck of phone tag and misery. So if you are like... And and I was I was lamenting this to Shep, who looked at me and said, "Did you expect people to become competent just because a disease with a hundred percent mortality rate was involved?" <laughs> yeah, and um, and honestly, the patience with which people have have uh, have worked with us on this has just been phenomenal. Um, they're just like, okay. They are they are being now they're not quick on responses because we are dealing with local government. Oh yeah. But they're competent. They are just like, here is the procedure and we are following the procedure. Um so like Thursday was phone tag day and getting all of that sorted. Friday was like, oh, Friday was a day off. Yes, I had a shut it down day at work on Friday, and uh, we all love and appreciate our company for these shut it down days. It is like there's – I think I said there's a thread in an, in an all-company email about how awesome this is and how much people appreciate it. Oh, God, yeah. I spent Friday doing nothing but monitoring the smokers. Ursula says to me, you need to smoke this paprika I grew. And I'm like, great. And I'm looking at it and a paprika pepper is not very big. And I've got all this grill space. I'm lighting the fire anyway. And I'm like, I got a five pound pork belly and uh, I've got some, let's, and I wonder what happens if you, uh, if you smoke uh, tomatillos. So I've got some smoked tomatillos to make into a salsa later. And oh my God, that pork belly. Oh, it was really good. So I, I spent Friday basically sitting on my butt, monitoring the temperature and the smoke output for this food, hanging out with the kittens, and reading Gideon the Ninth, or not Gideon, Hera um, the, the Ninth in full. So I think I'm the first per- I was the first person in the house to finish Hera. Yes. Um, by the way, no spoilers, but holy shit, Hera the Ninth. All right. Um, and then. Sunday, Saturday, or Saturday, Saturday. We're not even, we're not even to Sunday. Uh, Saturday. I I get up, I feed the chickens. I go get my second shot. I stop by the uh, animal shelter where I pick up our cat carrier. They were very insistent. We take our carrier back. And at the time I was sort of annoyed because I'm like, for the love of God, we're worried about rabies and you're worried about getting us the cat carrier back. And then as somebody pointed out, look, 
probably the cat carrier was in somebody's office and yeah. they were trying to, they it was taking up space and all the rabies decisions are being made three people above them. So it was all they had. To yeah. Do all I, I, I pull up, I call, there's no answer. I'm like, all right, well maybe I was about to leave a message and this, this, a woman in a mask had come out for something else. She's tapping on my window. Like she's like, why are you here? And I'm like, oh yeah, uh, this name, cat carrier. She's like, or I started and, she's, uh, and then I said cat carrier. She's like, you're the cat carrier and runs in, comes back, puts it in the trunk. And I check with her. And so, yes, um, should have, uh, the titers are the way to go next time. Like about this time next year, I should get my titers done Yeah, and see what I'm immune to. Now, the funny thing about rabies, uh, from what, the very nice person at the animal shelter is saying is that for some people, it's just like, boom, here you go. And you're good. And for some people it's every two to three years, you need boosters. Uh, there's a doctor that has worked out there for something like 30 years, got the vaccine in the bad old days, has been doing their titers every year and hasn't needed a booster in 30 to 40 years. Right. Right. Meanwhile, I think someone else had like after five had to go get them. So it's, you know, it's next time, uh, this time next year, we should spend the money and get our titers done. I think it's very important that I get my, my MMR checked since I am in the age category of your measles, mumps, rubella may have worn off. Thank you very much. Um, and I'm just, I, I'm just at honestly, fifty. I don't fucking want measles. I'm I'm really sort of pleased that I that I I always kind of wanted to be immune to rabies, and I had no idea that like it would that having done so, it would ever be put to the test. Not me, but you. But but the the I got it mostly as a for some reason it's been on my bucket list since watching Old Yeller that I would like to be vaccinated against rabies and yeah <laughs> and it turned out to matter yeah no it's it's um and uh, yeah so after all of that sunday we're helping liz move yes. back in here and empty out her apartment and so let's remember i'm on day thursday friday saturday sunday so i'm on day 4 of antibiotics. I have had both my rabies booster shots in the last four days. You were were low down, drug out, uh, like augmentin, which is the med has the side effects of tiredness, weakness, and heat exhaustion. And it's August and we're moving down flights of stairs. Kevin was just destroyed. And it's so frustrating. That you was know, like you were just so astounded. I was, I am, I mean, I can, I, like, you know, I can go out and work in the heat in the chicken yards for like two hours. And yeah, I'll be soaked in sweat and I'll need a shower. But it was like, take something down the stairs, get it in the truck, come back upstairs. And I'd have to sit down for 10 minutes. And that's just that's that that is kind of foreign to me that is not i mean i'm used to maybe having to stop for a minute maybe have a drink but not not hit the point where it's like okay i need to lay down for five minutes just because i am i am beat down and Uh, the thing is that as various people said to us uh you know the fighting off an infection is not free 
just because you have antibiotics, that that means it's doable in this case because cat bites again are nasty. But your white blood cells are still coming out of somewhere. And, oh yeah, Natalie, I think specifically yeah. said was the it still costs. Yeah, your your yeah. your immune system is not working for free just because you threw in some antibiotics. It's this is the, there are bugs in Kevin's hand that want to kill him very badly. And he is, you know, beating them with a hammer, essentially. And, and that was the thing, thinking of bugs in my hand. Um, Metaphorical. Uh, no, I'm, I'm thinking on the one finger, pretty, pretty direct. So Wednesday, after the bite, I'm like, this hurts a lot, but okay, it, it's not bleeding very badly. It's just sore. By Wednesday morning, my right index finger... Thursday morning, the next day. Thursday morning, the next yeah. day, yeah. It had swollen to the point where I could barely bend it. That, like, I could not curl my hand into a, a fist, or at least if I did, I had my pointer finger kind of hooked out like it was, you know, like, yeah, like I was going to claw somebody with it. Um, and and it was it was like a little sausage. I, I had doctors who follow me going get him to the hospital get him the good drugs if you get bit by a cat take that shit seriously don't yeah. try to sleep it off yeah because because i mean even with the if antibiotics you take nothing else away from this show <laughs> it, it took until i want to say saturday afternoon for me to be able to bend bend that finger all the way again yeah uh today it is People will lose the use of part of their hand over shit like yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, we're we're a uh, we're about a week later. My finger is back to normal. You can hardly tell. There's a you can see the spot where the puncture wound was, but eh, um, it's more a dent now than a wound. Uh, my thumb is still ugly, but that was where the really like weird bloody one was. Thumb's been fine. Right. I mean, it's mostly just, yes, it's a weird wound so that if I bend it just wrong, it cracks and bleeds again. But I would, I expected if any place was going to be a problem, my thumb was going to be the problem, not the finger on the opposite hand that barely got hit in the same way. Yeah. So take that shit seriously. Uh, You want to talk about impacting your productivity? Yeah, something like this can literally put you in the hospital for weeks. On IV antibiotics. Right, and and knock you down. I got got lucky, and... You got lucky, but you also took it very seriously from the start. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, I've been... I've been wounded by animals before, and I know it's no cakewalk. Um, this is by far the worst. I've never had been bitten by a dog that broke skin. Um, I've never been more than scratched by a cat, and most of those are the house cats. Uh, the outdoor and feral cats I worked with, I would always wear long sleeves and a sweatshirt when having to go in close and gloves. Um this was the first time one of them actually got through protective layers and broke skin. So I've also been, but you know, I also know that these are, this shit is bad. We live in a place where there are all kinds of fun germs out there. Um, and while ever, and you know, dear Lord, if it had been a bat. Oh yeah. You know, or an actual raccoon that we had trapped, not just a very angry black and white cat. Who's like, I, I think she just wants to live in a barn. Uh, yeah, she's, and, she's and made to be a barn cat. They they said they were taking for rabies testing, and I was like, okay, well, they're going to have to kill the cat, and I was not happy about this. Right, but granted, we had already distributed kittens, 
at that point, it became, and that cats can uh, uh, mask rabies symptoms for a very long time. At that point, it became a issue of, have I put the health of, like, three other households at risk? Right. And I was all, this is shit, but this is life, and... So on the one hand, it's awesome that they haven't had to, although I've been avoiding celebrating because, you know, what if you hit day 10 and the foaming starts? Right. But uh, the just there's also been an element of frustration because I thought we'd know in three days because a rabies test takes, you know, at yeah. most 72 hours. And but, you know, it's... Uh, so I, I I applaud them their ten day wait for misunderstandings. Yes. Versus their automatic knee jerk. Well, we have to now kill this animal immediately. It's good. It's yes. just uh, because we sort of went in knowing that was going to happen. Uh, because the county was like, okay, well, we need this animal now because the county takes this shit very seriously. Very seriously, yeah. Uh, and with the implication, we're being very laid back about this. And if you cross us, we will stop being laid back about this. Yeah, no, like, they were. Uh, we would not have had an option not to surrender the animal in some fashion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The So I'm thrilled on that hand, while also slightly frustrated that we're in limbo for longer. But, uh, you know, I'm just glad Kevin had the rabies shot. That's all. Yeah, so, um, and then amidst all that, we, we managed to... To get Liz mostly moved. Get Liz we mostly moved. We have to finish moved. that up tomorrow. Yeah, and and, uh, uh, and I, I've been doing work. I've been playing with uh, my my rocket books and my new sets of uh, Pilot Friction pens. Oh my god, I, I got the highlighters in. The highlighters oh came in. Uh, and they're, I mean, this is this is how they are. They are labeled in Japanese. Yes. Like they, I, I don't know if they have this six pack of friction highlighters available in America. I just ordered it from Amazon and they sent me the Japanese edition of the packaging. I'm like, yeah, buddy. He's so, so happy. I am so happy with their this. pens. Um, they're great pens. They're pens. Are we going to go to the pen, the pen expo in Chapel Hill? Um, is, is COVID worth a pen? I mean, it's a crazy. I mean, I'm so torn. It's a crazy Allen's Emporium. I love crazy Allen's Emporium. Yes, but you could no more socially distance in there than like. I mean, I guess you are socially distanced in that you can't get over the piles of stuff to infect anyone. Right, and they've already said only seven people allowed in. They've they've got the whole thing on the on the flyer. I'll show you. I don't know if I'm that into it. Um, well, so, we can worry about it then. We'll see how we yeah. feel this weekend. We'll see how we feel this weekend after we finish moving Liz and after we listen to this great conversation with Frank Goser, who uh, it was great catching up with. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened to that back episode yet, Frank is a potter. Yes. That is what he does. He is a potter uh, and a singer and a musician in uh, the Pacific Northwest. And so I had a chance to catch up with Frank, and we will have that for you right after this.
Hi, folks. I am here today with Frank Goser, uh, who is a returning guest. Hi, Frank. How you doing? Hey, Kevin. Boy, it's been a long time. Uh, it has been um, since October 2018. Yeah, very nearly, very nearly two years. And during that time, nothing's changed and everything's changed. Right. So yeah, you're still a production time, potter, right? I'm still a production potter. Lots of other stuff is different, though. When we last spoke, I was a full-time potter. My wife, Denise, was a part-time Brailleist. She was working for the local community college right. as an instructional aide, and she was also a personal assistant to a blind client in town. And we'd also been shuttling back and forth to Wisconsin to help my mother-in-law clear out her house. She had a... a um, Ranch Suburban with a full basement in every sense of the word. Oh, boy. Big tubs of every photography magazine ever published and, you know, all their trip guides from years with the RV. And she was just feeling like the thing was a, a anchor around her neck and she wanted yeah. it cleared out. So we'd been hauling stuff up and recycling it. And we had just gotten it to the point where she was feeling good about just staying there till she checked out. She'd been right. talking about assisted living, but thought, no, I'm going to stay here. This, my church is here. My friends are here. My neighbors are here. And so that was fine and lovely until the next Christmas when she checked out. Well, yeah. yeah so big change cousin, there, yeah. My cousin came to pick her up for Christmas church and um, found her. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So... Denise is an only child. Yeah. And fortunately, they had done a fairly good job of estate planning. They had put everything mostly into a revoc revocable trust. Mm -hmm. And we were the successor trustees. And so we didn't have to do probate. We didn't have to pay estate taxes. We just had to connect all the dots and fill out tax forms on the trust for a couple of years until everything was transferred out of the trust and into us. Right. And they got most of it. There were bit odds and lots. Her dad had been a uh, Bell Labs engineer, Wisconsin Bell engineer. And when the oh, Bell yeah. system broke up, all of his stock um, benefits had turned into tiny little groups of regional Bells. So we had... Oh, and odd. Yeah. The, the biggest ones, the AT&T ones, had been put into the trust. But things like Vodafone and Frontier Communications and... NCR were all kind of scattered around. You know, it's funny. They were Little Bells once, not so much anymore. Well, they started buying each other out again and getting big once more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I had to learn about trusts and successor trusts. And fortunately, her cousin Jim had just gone through the whole thing the previous year. So he was able to give us some tips. We ended up with our retirement basically taken care of. Oh, that's nice. Some supplementary income because she got inherited IRAs from both of her folks and has to draw them down before she turns 70. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, the mishmash of stock, which is finally getting sorted out, and a spare house. In and a spare house. house. Oh, Fortunately, God. I have a brother who was living about 30 minutes west of there and working about 20 minutes east, and he was in a really terrible rental situation one of the land, those landlords who will fix it next year sometime. 
Yeah, so yeah. When I said, "Well, you could live here," he he got this hopeful look and said, "Could I?" So, yeah, he moved Keeping in. Keeping the helped, family, yeah, yeah, helped clean out. He and his partner have been there ever since. And um, the only problem left with the house is we keep getting postcards and phone calls from all the local realtors wondering if we want to sell. It's a pain in the butt. I, you know, the truth is, I get those anyway. I've lived in this house twenty years, and there's like. Hey, so you want to sell that property? And I'm like, no. Um, no. Ursula gets it for Dog Skull Patch now. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Real estate market, I think, is desperate. I'm wondering. Yeah. Anyways, didn't change much for us here. We did pay off our house. We, right. We'd been down like 13000 on left on the mortgage, so we just finished that off. Might as well. Denise retired from the community college, and when her client moved to California, she, she left that business, too. She's still a paper maker, and she's got time to, to do more experimentation. She's taken a lot of bookbinding classes, but it's not really a business. We sell some stuff through the booth at market, but it's more like a occasionally paying hobby. Or, I'm still a potter because yeah. what else could I do? That's kind of my identity at this point. Or, and, or we should say, did sell things at the market. Ah, uh, therein lies the next part of the tale. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I mean, the biggest changes were we hired our insurance agent as a financial planner to help us sort everything out. And we finally got serious about our own estate planning. So now there is a bare welfare family trust with all of our stuff titled into it. So when we kick off, our heirs have an easier time of yeah. it. Still doing my own taxes, a little more complicated, but manageable. And we now have three ledgers, one for me, one with medical expenses, and one for the uh, rental income and expenses. Oh, by the way, remember when we talked about um, transferring information from one page to, to another in an Excel spreadsheet last time? Yeah. I found a really easy workaround. You copy oh. the field and then just paste it on the next sheet, and it will automatically transfer forever and ever. Oh, yeah. Well, I found um, a couple tricks where uh, using Google Sheets, you can use the same sort of syntax to reference um, a variable on another page. Nice. And I've been using that for work things and um especially around uh, now that we're tracking sort of the household chores with a Google sheet just to keep everybody informed. Uh, I've been using that to do things like um, plan the uh, plan out like dinner. So I have a spreadsheet that has all the dates and then I just put in who and what for dinner. If that's, you know, if it's like planned and then mm -hmm. I've got another page that just displays it, that queries it based on, what day is today? So where in the spreadsheet do I look up? I mean, there's some cool stuff you can do with it. Nice. So that brings us up to like last fall, winter was a very successful, came yeah. out with a very good holiday season, bunch of individual orders and two big institutional commissions, nice. making soup bowls for St. Vincent de Paul and coffee mugs for a local bakery who were planning to pay me in bread. Oh, well. Yeah, so... I had a busy winter, fired the big kiln in January and again in March, and then everything stopped. Yep. Yeah. 
Our spring pottery-only show, Ceramic Showcase, canceled at the worst possible time. They had already printed all the posters and postcards. And, I mean, we'd even picked our booths. And then, boom. The convention center did refund our, our fee, which was lovely. And so we got our applications back, but we're still out a fair amount of upfront expenses. Oh, yeah. And Saturday Market normally opens the first weekend of April. And they delayed till March. And then again, eventually they opened June 17th with a um, fairly well thought out plan for distancing. I'll go into that in a minute. In the meantime, all my other shows vanished one by one. Galleries closed. I wound up with a shed full of inventory and no place to sell it. So I just stopped doing pottery for a while. I yeah. tried, to, tried to catch up on my reading, but I don't know about you. I find it really hard to read new stuff when I'm stressed. So. Um, yeah, I find it a lot easier to, to just like, oh, here's a quick game that will let my brain not do anything for a little while. Yeah, I'm not so yeah. much of a gamer, so my way to do that is to go back to the book that I've read 200 times. And so, ah. you know. I reread a lot of Ursula's T. Kingfisher stuff. I think I went through the entire Stephen Gould Jumper series. Okay. And, you know, just Terry Pratchett, things that I knew weren't going to give me any suspense or stress because I knew it was going to be okay in the end. Uh, For me, it's Tail Chaser's Song by Tad Williams. That's one of the ones I always go back to. We have it on the shelf. Denise has it, but I've never read it. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, if it it treats cats as cats and not as anthropomorphized. Oh, nice. So, you know, there's things like, and then after the morning cleaning and nap, they got underway. <laughs> Epic quest. Yes, I like yes. it. The other thing I did was Denise's winter bookbinding class had done, among other things, made their own book cloth. And so she went into my sewing cupboard and found scrap cloth. Mm-hmm. And it turned out we had like four boxes of scrap cloth from sewing wow. projects over the years. Well, I made a lot of Hawaiian shirts and blouses and things like that. And so I finally decided it was time to do something with them. And I made quilt squares. Aha. Uh-huh. By the time I finished, I had like 36 one-foot square quilts. And I'd gone through four spools of yarn and was out of yarn, had no batting and no other fabric for the bottom side. So they're still sitting in a stack on my dresser waiting for me to be able to brave Joanne's. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Our our Joanne's, no, it was our AC Moore shutdown. Huh. Uh, I think AC Moore overall went out of business. I don't know. But, um... Yeah, it was. Uh, there were some th- exciting moments there when it's like we can buy the fixtures now. All the good stuff was picked over, uh-huh. and then Ursula was like, "Can I buy this rolling shelf thing?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's fifteen bucks." She's like, "Can I buy them all?" They're like, "Uh, okay." <laughs> so yeah, no. I remember that happening when Shopco went out of business here. And then- people buying the fixtures. I looked at them, but they were too heavy to use in an outdoor art fair. Yeah, yeah. 
Saturday market, as I said, finally opened in June. And the way that they're doing it is every other booth is closed. Okay. So opening weekend, the odd number booths are available. The even number booths are empty spaces. So there's eight feet between each booth. And the vendors all have to wear masks. Yep. We recommend that the customers do, but people being people. Yeah. And no more than one or two, one set of customers in the booth at a time. I keep a spritz bottle of hand sanitizer and paper towels, and if people are handling the pots, I wipe them down afterward, or I offer to let them sanitize their hands first, and then they can pick things up at, at their leisure. Mm-hmm. And then alternate weeks, I could get in the lot lottery. Sorry, my brain wants to say lobby. The lottery <laughs> for a booth, but... Right. I really need the extra time for setup that a reserve space gives me. So I'm basically only doing market every second week, which is why I can talk to you on a Saturday morning with a clear conscience. Well, uh, your morning, my afternoon, it all works. Well, yeah, true that. But I would still <laughs> have been at market at that point in the afternoon. Yeah. Other thing that happened was that I started getting email inquiries in May from all the people who would normally be looking for me at shows saying, I guess I won't see you at Showcase. Do you have this or that? Oh. And since I didn't know when I'd be firing again, I put special orders on hold. But I made up a list of in everything that was in stock, every item and every pattern, put it up on my website with an in-stock button so I could say, check the website, see what's there, and then I'd be happy to pack and ship it. Yeah, so yeah, I started yeah. doing more mail-order business. I usually get one or two orders a week and box them up and bike down to the post office and ship them off. If I can do the labels online, I just have to drop them in a box and I don't even have to talk to people. Right. Yeah. So also stuff is popping up from my blog. I'll show I was cleaning the shed and I found a cute set of a tea set in the form of elephants with a cream and sugar. Oh, and showed a picture yeah. on my blog and immediately somebody said, are those for sale? I said, yeah. So I'm getting business trickling in. It's a good thing that I have that extra income we inherited because I don't have to stress as much about it. Yeah. But it's still there. Um, basically, it's the benefits of having been doing this for so long. I've had a website for 18 years, a blog for eight, and been giving out business cards like popcorn at shows for 27. So mm-hmm. I have have uh, a following. Yeah. I suppose yeah. if I were really serious about this, I would get up on Instagram and start posting there regularly and it would ramp it up even more but i don't know you know i'm halfway between should i retire i could but then what would i do so i'm kind of at a level where i can continue working as is right now i've got enough orders that i'm doing another firing in about three weeks and then it's probably glide again until october yeah, you could. You should probably look at um, if you're going to be doing like marketplaces and things like that. It may be worth online marketplaces. Maybe worth looking at Etsy more than Insta. I have been in Etsy. I hate it. Okay. Passionately. I mean, yeah. not for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, when I was doing Etsy, it was basically like having a uh, consignment gallery that didn't do any marketing for you. 
Ah, yes. Your work was still tied up because it was there and you couldn't sell it anywhere else, but nobody was really driving traffic to it for you. You still have to drive your own traffic, yeah. Yeah. I would rather do it this way where they can see what I have and email me and we'll arrange Mm -hmm. payment rather than, you know, the limited stock I could have at a storefront like Etsy. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. And meanwhile, a couple of the pottery-only shows that I was doing have gone virtual. Clayfest has registered the domain clayfestonline.com, and it's basically going to be a redirector. They'll have a, a page with pictures and artist statements from each of us and then links to our own website or Etsy or social media or whatever. Clay Folk down in Medford is being a little more ambitious. They're going to be doing that through their website gallery, but they're also going to be doing uh, Zoom workshops, teaching people how to make their own websites or how to deal with Etsy. I'll be probably leading one on how to pack pottery for shipping. They may even do some pop-up sales Mm -hmm. closer to the fall, but that's far enough away from me that I won't be participating with them. Holiday Market which is our Saturday market indoors at the fairground is almost certainly not going to happen. So at some point I have to figure out what I will do for holiday sales. I may actually have one in my carport here at home. (laughs) (laughs) It's a thing. Yeah. I am doing a little bit more new consignment. I originally, for a long time, I wasn't taking anymore because I Mm -hmm. could barely keep up with the demand for shows, but now, and at least it's out there, it's not in my shed. I've got some coffee cups at a local bookstore. I was approached by a um, farmer's market stand about having pie plates there, but then the uh, one of the partners was enthusiastic and the other was not, and so yeah, yeah. not happening, sadly. So that's where things stand right now. Hmm. And, and so... that there's there's been a lot of shift and as a working artist right not just uh whatever i mean you're pretty typical of a lot of what i've seen as uh especially in the the less functional finer art communities um uh where we talk about you know the the people i know who make their living uh painting commissions at shows or selling originals and all of that um are finding it difficult uh, with the changes we've had to make. Uh, Now, I will note that none of them are fighting it. No one is out there going, I don't understand why we can't have these shows and I'm losing so much money, blah, blah. Um, So the the question I have is you, you have all of these lines. Are you, you know, and you at least had a a nest egg in case of whatever at this point. Uh Um, you know, what does the next year look like and, um, what other things are you starting to look at trying out, um, to keep things moving forward? Well, the next year is looking like if off-center ceramics ends the year in the black at all, I will be Mm -hmm. happy. It's, you know, having had these big commissions at the start of the year gave me a bit of a boost, but Saturday market 
really, if I make a hundred dollars on a Saturday, it's just, it's a successful market. There's just mm-hmm. not not the traffic that there would normally be. There's very little tourist traffic. Although I did run into out of state people last time, so there are still some. I don't know what the heck they're doing. I wouldn't get an, on an airplane for love nor money. It, uh, it it is reaching the point where family visits are becoming important, especially across country. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Anyway, like I said, I, I may be trying to do my first ever home sale. And mm-hmm. really the only way to do it with proper spacing is outside undercover because there's not room in my studio and there's certainly not room in the house. Yeah. But but that's really – and then, as I said, continuing with the, the uh, mail orders – the email orders, doing Saturday market as steadily as possible. If they continue into November and December outdoors at the park blocks, I will probably keep doing it as much to support them as to to see what I can get out of it because they're really important to me. They're 50 years old and (laughs) they need to keep living. Yeah, we've, I've, I've noticed, uh, I think our, our farmer's market is struggling as well. I haven't been out yet, uh, but I, Generally work during the time the farmer's market is actually open that one wow. day a week. Um, so I haven't had a chance to see how they're, they're doing things. Um, and I can see that also being, you know, a challenge uh, because small farms are much mm-hmm. like uh, your, your studio, a small business. Yeah. yeah. Ours is actually doing fairly well. They run through winter on, Saturdays and then come spring they add a Tuesday market and they've spread out enough that there is room between the booths. The bigger booths have got uh, stanchions set up mm-hmm. so that you come in one end, shop along the way, come out the other end to check out. Um, they're discouraging bringing your own reusable bags because yeah, they kind of yeah. have to. It's a sad thing. And they're encouraging people to stay at least six feet behind the person in front of you online. I've been going since Saturday market started and stocking up, and yeah. they seem to be fairly busy. Yeah, I need to check ours out because I have, I, I mean, I have several friends um, who, if I were to ever spend time on Facebook, I could probably find out how they're doing, but uh, that means spending time on Facebook. Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. Uh, so, otherwise, you said uh, in a lot of ways your your organizational system itself hasn't changed. Still, lots of lists. Yeah, I've doubled down on the lists. I either do one before bed or start start one first thing in the morning at breakfast to help me figure out what's going on. I also got better at keeping inventory. Remember, I complained about last time I could never. Yeah. Yeah. So I made a. I printed out extra lists. The uh, inventory tally that I use, mm-hmm. I print out an extra one when I unload a kiln and put everything onto that, transfer it to the shed inventory as I bring it home. I've been keeping one of stuff that's glazed on the shelf but hasn't been fired yet mm-hmm. so that I don't wind up making 16 chickadee bowls because I haven't gotten them into the last two firings and they're still right. on the shelf. And uh, even one for the bisque that's sitting in a box waiting to be glazed. It's been really helpful 
giving me a sense of what's needed and what isn't, especially now that it's so long between firings. I used to fire every, fire every six weeks, and now it's more like every three months. Yeah, any consideration of finished and ready-to-sell inventory, moving that to something more digital, or is that integrated with the website now? Well, as I said, I put the in-stock list on the website. Mm-hmm. So it's not integrated. It's just a text file, and I update it as I sell things or as I add okay. things, and then pop it. I, I keep the HTML on my my laptop, and I can just open it and, and remove or add things, and then upload it again. Um, okay. So yeah, I don't have any any automation on that because I it feels like so much work getting started compared to the lazy way that I'm continuing to do it now. Yeah, no, I I um I understand that. Uh admittedly, uh just we we finally got an inventory leaving for Anthrocon last year and we were all set to, you know, spend a, a weekend doing an inventory and printing things out before Anthrocon canceled. Um it makes a difference. It really does. It's lovely being able to flip. I keep the uh, shed and van inventories in my show book. So mm-hmm. if somebody asks if I have a possum dessert plate, I can f- open the book instead of digging through the boxes and say, oh, don't have it here, but I do have it at home. I can bring it next time. Yeah. yeah the, the bigger thing for us is, um, uh, and, and, and you've already hit on this, it's the... Well, I think I sold a bunch of these, so I'll 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 print more because these always sell well. And uh, maybe it didn't for the last two shows, and now we have fifteen copies of the Wombat Tarot. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, I, exactly. That that like I said, chickadee bowls. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The other system systems and habits, just having the website and the blog for so long mm-hmm. and having the cards with the links to them that I can hand out has created this physical slash virtual network where people know mm-hmm. how to find me at any given time. Oh, yeah. And the website is basically a catalog. In, in addition to the stories, it's got all the different patterns and all the different forms divided by uh, tabletop, cooking, storage, whatever. You you can look, click through the storage and see how many cookie jars in how many sizes and patterns. And, and there's a find us link that I've been very, very good at updating just so that they'll know where I won't, will and won't be in the, these plague years. In, in the plague lands, yes. Yeah, um. yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot more won't than will. Um, I think yeah. we had every single trip uh, canceled now. So yeah, yeah, the entire year for me is a clean slate. Yeah. I should probably be using it to build a glaze kiln instead of playing around and stitching quilt squares. But you know what? Um, there there have been a lot of people who are like, if you aren't using this this time to where there are no shows and you're not going anywhere and things like that to build three new businesses and hustle, then you're just wasting the time. And I'm like, you know what, dude, up yours. Um, 
I don't you usually know? say this, but fuck off. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> the, the it's it's stressful, and don't beat yourself up if the thing that that you're doing isn't is something that doesn't cause you stress. Instead of you know, and you know, there's plenty of time to build a new kiln. Yeah, it's been yeah. sitting in stacks of brick and steel for five, six years now, so it's not going anywhere soon. Yeah, there you go. You know, the thing that I have been doing that's fun and pottery related is I've started making pottery music videos. Okay, yeah. I just, people have been talking about you should be doing videos and putting them up on your social media, et cetera, et cetera. And I, you can use your cell phone camera, but you know how do you hold the cell phone in one hand while you throw with the other? Mm-hmm. But I realized that my regular digital Canon camera also shoots video and has a tripod mount, and I have a tripod because back in the day we both had 35-millimeter cameras. Oh, yeah. So I've been setting up and fixing the focus and then taking throwing and trimming videos and then putting them together on iMovie, and Mm -hmm. because I've got uh, Audacity for the choir stuff and other i i can uh, take music from my capacious folk music collection and edit it to length to fit the video the first one was throwing soup bowls to freda epstein's potter's wheel and it's a really lovely little piece nice i've been getting perhaps too ambitious i i have a batter bowl making project that started with wedging the clay and has gotten so far to making the handles and I still have to do trimming and we'll see how long <laughs> that edits together. I know what song I want to put it to, but uh, I may wind up repeating the refrain a few times. I was, I was going to say, you know, there's, there's nothing um, against uh, two part videos. Um, I know there's, there's a couple Places I follow, yes, I follow a couple homesteaders because they're doing interesting things with how they manage their chickens. Uh, I bet you didn't see that coming. Um, but they'll have, you know, this is part one of our um, of our new well video. Uh, uh, now we're going to do part two, and there's there's no rule that says it has to be a single video. True, I just like the idea of making it fit to a song. There, the right. um, the bowl trimming one, I found a lovely Rachel Garland short thing called Spin that is just the right tempo and just the right speed for that process. And nice. uh, I've been putting them up on my blog. There, There's a video tag for that if anybody wants to look at them. I, I'll send you links later on to the quilts. Oh, please, and please do. Videos. Yeah. Because um, that's the thing, right? Um, I'm a big fan of... Uh, things like uh, the How It's Made channel or the mm-hmm. How It's Made show. And yeah. so things like here is somebody who is making a pot by hand and it's just that's just it. It it can be very relaxing and very zen. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have been really enjoying Simone Yetch's stuff. The, the I... woman who made the uh, Tesla truck that's prettier oh. and better than the one that Tesla designed. She's well, also prettier good. is not a not a high bar on that case. Oh God, that's an ugly thing, isn't it? Yeah. She's also famous for her for her awful robot videos. Highly recommend. I don't know this, but now I have to go look them up. Her last name is spelled G I E R T Z. 
It's pronounced Yetch because it's uh, she's Swedish, I think. Somewhere in that region, yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and you know, it, it feels like this could be really mentally taxing, right? I mean... You have all these worries, you have all this stuff, and then suddenly it's like the the work, not the work, but like the routine has dried up. Um, Have you found that to be difficult at all? Yeah, I find that I'm putting lots of make work on my morning list because it doesn't feel like I'm accomplishing anything otherwise. Right. We'll occasionally even put on things that I've already done just so I can check them off. Yeah, everybody does that. That's fine. That, that's that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you for that reassurance. Mm-hmm. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of where I am, systems and habits, et cetera. I'm, first thing of the day, I'm still trying to do creative first. That's mm-hmm. usually studio, but it could also be video editing or uh recording my parts for next sunday's church choir the uh, church is um streaming services and of course we can't sing together because singing is one of the most dangerous things you can do for contagion yeah we are each recording i'm record and i get to record melody and tenor parts and mix them together so i can sing harmony with myself it's rather cool So that's a first thing in the morning thing, too, before my voice blows out. All right. Uh, what's next? The advice? Usually, usually this is the point. Yeah, if, if I were still if I were asking the questions and, and I'm just sorry. Like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Uh, this would be the point where we'd get to the best advice um, you have been given or would give someone else. Well, I remembered one that was in, way back in my subconscious when I was listening to Maggie yeah, and yeah. Also to last week's interview where they both talked about uh, finding your strengths. Mm-hmm. The first serious end of term critique I remember from my college years was the end of my second semester with the figure drawing class. And I was mm-hmm. sure I was going to get hammered because, you know, I, I never felt like I was good enough. And Steve, the professor, said, looking at looking at my work said there are some things you do extremely well and some things you don't do so well but if you concentrate on what you do good you can be a successful artist you know you don't have don't stress about what doesn't work use what what use your strengths and i've kind of done that yeah 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 I always, I always jot down the advice as, as, as quickly as possible. I can go flip through now um, hundreds, well, not hundreds, but uh, over 100 interviews and just look at the advice when I, when I need a moment. Um, I think you need, need the list online or in some way. Yeah, it's, um, it's some an, of advice it, of the, an advice of the week Tumblr or something. <laughs> well, I think it I think it depends on um on on how far back we go and and what uh like cuz I have I have my original notes which were not 
uh, my original note pages, let me see if I can find them here, which were not designed around. They were designed for just like a little quick thing here of uh, uh, who the interview is, what the episode number was, and what the um, what the word was going to be. And if you look on the right-hand side, you can see where I started to scribble in all the notes from everything else. <laughs> so um, as I got to... When I ran out of those and I started using actual paper and started ta- taking actual notes, then it starts to pick up. I would actually have to go back and listen to some of those early episodes and cringe a lot. Um, <laughs> I'd do it anyway, but uh, there would be a lot of cringing. A lot of cringing. This sounds like a thing for a fan wiki to take on. You know, the, there was a fan wiki. There is a fan wiki for uh, Hidden Almanac. and I know. It's lovely. Yeah, I actually I released to them uh, the Google Drive with all of the scripts, so they no longer had to transcribe things except to maybe verify or, or do corrections. Because uh, you know we'd be recording and we'd change something and maybe we wouldn't update the script. Right. right. But um, the people who were doing the and as far as I know, still doing the fan wiki for the Hidden Almanac, they have access to the complete run of scripts. Um, in order to help out with that sort of thing. Now, they're also the ones doing the linking of the episodes to the timelines, to the, to all of that. And, uh, you know, tagging them with things like, well, this has Bob from, uh, Mm. the, the Bob's used cars. Yeah. 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 And all that stuff. Um, but they don't have to sit down and scribble, you know, and, and type out every episode anymore. Are they doing the Saint of the Day Twitter feed too, or is that somebody else? Um, I think that's somebody else. Uh, I do know that may be the same person who set up a Google Calendar with all of the feast days. <laughs> um, uh, so hidden almanac book of hours. I love it. Just about the thing is that there are a couple days that we never. In the six-year run, there were a couple days that never had episodes air because of how the calendars worked out. And so they didn't get saints. There are a couple uh, days who have like four saints each. Well, the thing is, high holy days do not have saints assigned to them. That's true. You know, there's there's no saints day on Easter that's true. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. We have been um, re-listening to Hidden Almanac from the very start, and we've gotten as far as June or July of 2016 right now. Oh. So we still get to hear "Be Safe and Stay Out of Trouble." Yeah, things. Uh, things got. Things things changed some based on what the audience needed to hear, I think. Exactly. Um, which was which was funny, um, because I think I was the one who came up with the stay out of trouble to begin with. Um, and but it just felt like this natural progression as 2016 continued. Um, yeah. So, but that means you still have all the fun of, um, there's, there's still like the whole father's story arc, which mm-hmm. was so much fun. And then, um, the, the cursed sloth story arc is still coming. 
And yeah, um, we had actually I I joined listened sporadically. Oh, actually, we're kind of reaching the point where we started listening regularly. Um, Denise didn't join me until late in 2016, and then we listened right out to the end, and then, which is yeah. why we've gone back to the beginning and are listening again. But we're getting to the point where we will be hearing familiar tales once again. Yeah, it. Uh, I guess that qualifies as a comfort listen. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, Lord, I still, you would think it's been nine months and you would think 10 months and I still get misty eyed and choked up about that last, those last three episodes. Damn it. You think think. we don't (laughs) Kleenex Kleenex is next to the, the tablet. Um, a funny thing is part of the reason, um, that the one, and I'm not going to spoil it for anyone who hasn't listened because I want you to go in with this, but um, one of the reasons I was emoting so well in in uh, the one episode, I believe you know it, is because I was literally crying reading that script. Uh huh. You know, uh-huh. it was uh, it was intense. So the last um, saint, the last saint card was just <laughs> killed me. Absolutely. It took us. It took us a couple. It took us a couple months, I think, to sort that out. I had the t- between the two of us, we have had written out the final story arc. Um, when Mord is telling drama story at the end, uh-huh. um, we had worked that out probably uh, large swaths of it two years prior, three years prior, because there was a whole, what is, uh, you know, what is Mord's history? How does this all fit together? And so being able to tell that story was just phenomenal, knowing that, um, uh, well, one, I helped come up with it because, uh, and because I needed something to work with as the character. Um, uh, but that um, we were able to finally share it. I think that was, that was the big thing is is being able to say here is here is the story you've wondered about for five years. <laughs> you finally get to show off all that lovely world building that's just been pinning up the that's, plot that's, lines for so yeah, long. Yeah, the, the the little hints here and there. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the sprout growing out of his nose and the beard. Yes. <laughs> or um, where's my? Oh yeah, um, our friend uh, um. Oh, now why can't I remember? Uh, Tierlin, uh, who does the monitors. They're, they're right. things that hang on. She did this one for me. This is a uh, Reverend Mord uh, monitor. And if you look here, I'm going to... Oh, wait. I should maybe even turn on this light so that you get a little bit more of a I view. I see the twig and the beetle. It's lovely. Coming yeah, over so, so had snuck in, and I'm like, that's just brilliant. So there we go. I'll put him back up. He sits on my desk with me all day, every day, just like the someone sent us a stuffed sloth. And so I have a, I have a cursed sloth back here hanging <laughs> out with me. <laughs> that looks like the sloth from Ms. Marvel. Um, except hers has wings. You know what? We still haven't seen Ms. Marvel. The the comic book series is incredible. It's really, really a lovely 
I, I I did read a chunk of the uh, the Kamala Harris Miss Marvel when it first came out. Uh, I think I read the first year or two, um, and then something changed with Comicsology, and I, I it it didn't renew or whatever. And I was like, you know what? That's okay. I I um well, same with Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Squirrel yeah. Girl is brilliant. Yeah. You gotta get get it in print so you can read all the fine print along the edges and in the margins. Oh, oh no! And uh, Comicology shows oh, can it. You? Okay. Yeah, Comicology has it. And then um, since I was using, I I have my iPad Mini, so I can just zoom in ah. on it. Um, for Squirrel Girl, it was that first intro page where it's like Twitter but superheroes. Yes, yes. That's absolutely brilliant. Absolutely hysterical. Yeah, they they came back to that regularly for a while. I love that. Yeah. I love Kamala Khan writing Captain Marvel fanfic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um and then when when Kamala finally gets to meet Carol, it's it's just wonderful. That was right about the time I I I guess that was right around uh, what was that? Um, what was that year's world-breaking? Um, it was it was Secret Wars style thing, and I'm like, okay, here we go. This is always when this happens. It's always a good point to stop reading because that means they're about to change the entire universe again. Yeah, um, you don't want to read the Civil War era, Ms. Marvel. It's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, no, I sort of uh, I I. I I did the Wikipedia lookup so that I had at least some basis of, of how they were doing uh, Captain America Civil War right or wrong. Um, so, and also to make sure that when people were coming up and saying, well, that's not how it happened, I could go, actually, you know, yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> well, so, actually? Yeah, I don't well actually that much. I, I But when people come up and they're like, um, well, I don't know why I have to get all this, this politics in my comics. I, I like to be able to go back and say, well, if we talk about that here, here, and here, then, yeah, and here's where Miss um, Marvel called them out on this thing that was discriminatory toward women in the 80s, and... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Yeah, you have to have... Not that we argue on the internet at all here at our house. Heaven forfend. No. Mm -mm. Ursula would be arguing on the internet right now, but I sent her on a a run for supplies for the new bed we have to assemble next, so... (laughs) (laughs) There's been a lot of new bedding going around. We just got a new mattress in the mail ourselves. Yeah, so... um, it's it's interesting we've it became obvious we needed a new one uh starting i guess around february but the whole should we mail order a mattress thing was just like well we can wait till it's over uh, several months later now we now is now is good now is good um well one of my dreamwoods buddies posted that a particular company was having a sale and that he was going to order a a new mattress for him and his husband. And uh, ours was 
not quite a deep valley bed, but it was a too deep valley bed. You know, the springs had sprung oh, yeah. on both yeah. sides. So we joined up and did the same thing and got ours about two days ahead of his. In our, our case, ours is a multi, a very expensive multi-chamber air mattress that you can control with a remote. I'm hey. not giving a brand name. but Fancy I'm sure and fancy. Yes. Uh, and um, unfortunately, between the dog sleeping on it and, um, you know, just regular wear and tear, it no longer stays uh, inflated on one side. And that was that was sort of the deal breaker. Instead of having to like add air at night before going to bed, it was add air at night before going to bed, and then maybe around three in the morning, and then six in the morning, uh, and then you know add air to the bed while watching TV, and then before going <laughs> to sleep, and then around two in the morning if that wasn't when you were going to sleep, and then around four in the morning and. Uh, finally, Ursula was like, so tell me about this mattress research you've been doing. <laughs> we want this one and this one. You're not old enough to have to have a 4 a.m. pee break, I take it. Uh, that would be a good time to add the air. No, uh, usually right now it's been a five, it's the dogs with a 5.30 pee break. And then I go back <laughs> to bed. <laughs> I mean, I'm not proud. It's like it's 5:30 in the morning. I don't have to be. I don't have to log on to work until it's time to log on for work, which is either before my first meeting of the day or when I decide to log on for work. So, uh, yeah, it's since I don't have to get up to since since school stopped having in-person sessions, and mm -hmm. since I had to I I stopped having to get up to make sure Jacob got to school on time, um, which is no longer my problem at all because he starts <laughs> university next month, and that's not my problem. Um, I, yeah, I, I try to keep a routine, but all of a sudden the, I have to be up and I have to be online by X time and this, that, and the other. Uh, I work for a company that doesn't give a crap. The important thing is that you get your job done. You work when you need to work, and you get the job done, and don't miss meetings. I mean, that's sort of it. <laughs> kind of the way my business has always been. My morning commute is walk through the kitchen, through a door, and down a short hallway, and I'm at work. There's the studio. Uh, yeah, no, my, my office is where I record the, the podcasts. So it's just the other half of my desk. So when it's time to work, I just slide over there, and then when it's time to do other stuff, I slide over here. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Unless there's a three-cat pile-up, and then, you know. <laughs> there's a three-cat pile-up on Interstate 1. Yep. Traffic has been diverted. Yes, uh, I have to step extra high this morning instead of the usual shuffle to get to my coffee. It's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, so you know, uh, interesting. We we this would normally be the place where we'd start to talk about success and failure, and I'm gonna say criteria may have changed for that for you. COVID nineteen is a get out of fail free card. <laughs> I'm stealing that. <laughs> I've been saving that one for the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
I, I, I will not steal it until after this airs. So, <laughs> but oh my god, I might have to make a sticker of this one. Or, or actual get out of fail free cards. It's yeah, COVID nineteen on one side, and then on the other side, get out of fail free. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah, no, um, totally. That is that one hundred percent. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, no. <laughs> Oh yeah, people are just so much more understanding. If if I haven't got it or I won't be getting it for a while, you know, I'm getting my Christmas orders already now because people know that mm-hmm. you know they can't wait until November anymore. Yeah, because it's not like they can just drive down and pick it up two weeks beforehand anymore. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, I got a, an order for a ten place table setting, four pieces in each setting. Wow. And um, rather than shipping it to them in Texas, their their family from Roseburg, Oregon, are going to drive up and get it when it's done and then hold it until they come home for Christmas. There you go. Yeah. You know, there you go. People people are making... Mm-hmm. Um, Brain just dropped a word here. It's all right. They they are making do. They are they're making allowances. That's the word. There you go. Yay. And as for success, it's kind of hard to celebrate because we can't go to a concert and we don't want to go out to dinner. Denise is in a high risk group. She's got you know low stress arthritis medicines are anti inflammatories. Mm-hmm. High powered ones are actually immunosuppressants. Yep. So she is not going out nearly as much as I. I do the grocery runs and the pharmacy runs and the post office runs and he mostly goes in the backyard and plays with paper. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Liz is asthmatic. I'm type 2 diabetic with high blood pressure. Ursula does all the grocery shopping. Yeah. 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 I'm asthmatic, but it's a fairly mild case and so I'm comfortable masking up and going out on my tricycle in the world and yeah, I did go out and get tattooed this past week. Uh, my tattoo artist seems to be following uh, both health department guidelines and common sense a lot better than most places. So, um, and by a lot better, I mean significantly better than most places. Uh, <laughs> but a tattoo artist is is uh, distinctly aware of the dangers of aerosolized bodily fluids, yeah. right? Um, yeah. just like my dentist is, I haven't been to my dentist, but, uh, they're finally open and, uh, but like if my tattoo artist and my dentist can get it, why can't the person at the convenience store get it? I, I just don't. Why yeah. can't the person at Costco collecting shopping carts and sanitizing them, get the mask up over her nose. <sighs> yeah. yeah. I have, you may notice I am sporting a rather feral COVID haircut. I cut it myself with sewing scissors because I just, my barber's a nice guy, but he's kind of a good old boy. And yep. her, he, the woman who owns the shop is, I don't trust her to, sanitize the 
back of the chair before the next person comes in. Hmm. Yeah, uh, in our case, uh, it would be um, trimmed with, uh, given Shepard's opinion, uh, Shepard would be trimming all of our hair with the sheep shears. So, <laughs> Well, I've got a, a pair of electric shears that I use to trim seams when I'm sewing teddy bears, but mm. it only has, like, the, the, the longest fork that it has is, like, a quarter inch, and I'm not really wanting to sport a buzz cut at this point in my life. I did. My, know, dad cut our, my dad cut our hair when I was a kid, and so for years I had. Yeah, yeah. Haircut. I mean, it's not that I shave my head for a fashion statement, but at some point it just became necessary. <laughs> Mine may get there. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, what else have you got for us? Well, like I said, I I still have my website and blog, and mm-hmm. I think I will, in addition to just the general blog link, I will send you a link to the uh, specific tags for the video and for the quilting project, because yeah. they're kind of cool. Especially the quilting, it's got step-by-step of uh, the entire process, because... I'm a production potter. I figure out the most effective, efficient process and follow through with it. I wonder if I send those to my mother, if she'd yell at me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I'll probably send you the Clayfest online and Clayfolk links as well. Yeah, absolutely, because uh, I, I definitely want people to um, take a look at those. Uh, I want to take a look at those. I'm not going to lie. Um and uh, and see what we. Oh dear, sorry. I'm getting messages from uh, from Shepherd now, and I'm like, I don't have time for this right now. <laughs> so, <clears throat> all right. Um, yeah, no, because I'm I'm I want to see some of these uh, these online pottery shows. I wouldn't normally go to a pottery show. Now's my chance to do it without actually having to leave the house and find one. Right. <laughs> right. And uh, and Ursula loves pottery, so it's good for her, too. Well, thank you for having me back. I've been listening to a lot of the updates and thinking, oh, I haven't had anything change, have I? <laughs> and then realized, yeah, kind of everything. <laughs> yeah, kind of everything. Yeah, been, been a big um, two years, so. All right. Well, thank you so much. And... Uh, you know, thank you for suggesting the catch-up. It's been absolutely fantastic. Appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. And uh, for the people at home, we will be right back after this. was great to talk to Frank and catch up and to find out all the stuff Frank has going on. And I have all those links for you in the show notes. Um, please support Frank and artists like Frank. 
uh, they're having a much more difficult time. Yes, if you uh, mm-hmm. if you have money to donate, uh, consider you know checking out uh, buy stuff from artists online. Absolutely, they're Absolutely. certainly hurting right now. So. And and as like Frank said, it's it's been a an interesting transition, but certainly at least for him, it's been something he can do. Yes. So there is all of that. Um, so I sat down and I said, I have to, I'm looking through my notes and I'm like, I have to have a word for a really good badge code related to Frank. And I can't get rabies shot out of my head. Thank you, Ursula. <laughs> She's like, is the badge code rabies shot? And I'm like, well, I guess it is now. Uh, sorry, Frank. So there's that badge code. Check out the badge how-to on productivityalchemy.com. That will explain how to collect badges. Uh, we sp- what they are, what to do with them. Yep. All of that. How they are open badges and all that good stuff. And at the same time, there are links and you could support us. But mm-hmm. as we usually say at this point, uh, uh, go give money to, you know, housing justice right now since the first wave of evictions is starting to hit. Uh, yeah. Uh, give money to independent artists who can't do shows now. You yeah. Know, give money to a food bank. Food banks are seeing a lot of use. Uh, there are bail funds for protesters. You know, there are lots of people you can help. And mm-hmm. uh, it's not that we're not grateful, but at the moment we're okay and the rest of the world could use a little love. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just remember uh, while when you're doing that, if you're having trouble struggling this week, Remember what Frank said, and that is COVID-19 is a get-out-of-fail-free card. Yeah. Uh, Because it's hard. There's a lot going on, and I know it's difficult to maintain productivity. We're isolated and insulated, yeah. so it's not as hard as it was. We've adapted a lot. Uh, but I know it's still rough for you, a lot of folks out there, and so... Like I was talking to a friend today who was saying, you know, what really sucks is that you spend years getting to a point where you've got a little bit where you have done everything right. Yeah. And then a global pandemic comes along and it doesn't matter you did everything right anymore. And Absolutely. you're screwed. And yeah. Yeah. It's, that's... Yeah. Uh, it is it is accidents of luck usually that those of us who are doing okay are doing okay, and uh, so you know take care of each other. Yes, Sergey, I know and, you're back there. And if you have are one of the people who has gotten whacked really hard, there's a global fucking pandemic. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 some shit going on, and yeah. so uh, you know just uh, remember be kind to yourself. Forgive yourself and do your best, even in a limited fashion, to stay productive. Staying alive counts. Fuck yeah.